a community revenue-driven futurism publication that has been able to add different layers of evergreen content types and conversion avenues at every stage of its growth without compromising its core audience is always inspiration. However, can its streak continue? In this special WordPress 7-part teardown series, Jeremy Freeman and Vahea Arabian explore Wired, a discovery of how technology is changing every aspect of our lives, from culture to business, science to design. Over to you guys. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our special edition podcast of the publisher of WordPress Tech Downs uh, in partnership with Multidots. I'm Vahe, the founder of Set of the Publishing, and we have our co-host today, Jeremy Fremont. How are you, Jeremy? Doing great. I'm glad to be back. Awesome. We, we, we've been going through quite a number of these teardowns in the past few days, and looking forward to going through wide and in a bit more detail now we alluded to wide in, in our previous episode on TechCrunch, in that they're much larger um and we can see as well as we'll show you we all the listeners shortly or explain to the listeners shortly how they although their trend traffic trends going a bit up and curvy they're going to the upward direction and it's it's more about how they are continuing to not only to capitalize on the trend of monetization avenues that is um, continuing to add on layers on that, but they're able to do it that doesn't impact um, what their core business is. So before we go through and, and and scale their content production, basically, which is what we want to explain more towards today. So before we go into a bit more in detail about that, Jeremy, let's 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 go through and run through the website. Well, what did you see from your end? In the first well, time? I saw that Vahe is looking to get a great massage, either for himself or for his wife. So our <laughs> hope is that from this podcast, there's enough revenue generated, so he's going to be able to go out and pamper himself. So that's number one. Uh, but realistically, um, all jokes aside, Wired.com, right? It's been around for a long time. It's a very authoritative site. Um, so the parent company of Wired. Dot com, uh, I believe is Condé Nast. Is that correct? I mean, if we scroll down to the very bottom, we should be able to see um, who is the parent company. Correct. That's right. Condé Nast okay. is the. And so, ultimately, uh, the parent company owns a lot of different web properties. And when you're part of a much larger publishing unit along those lines, you're going to be able to have a lot of bandwidth at your disposal bandwidth when it comes down to be able to produce content bandwidth when it comes down to be able to understand what works and what doesn't when it comes to your advertising how to display ads how to generate affiliate revenue be part of the performance marketing uh, networking think about all the different components also subscriptions so one of the things that wired does a little bit differently is we'll see at their top bar is sign in and subscribe so uh, being able to subscribe in here at the very bottom, right? Subscribe for one year. Um, you'll be able to see these interesting ways that they've actually um, listed out and they've done lots of tests. At the top there, we can see this is a B2 offer. So one of the things that you should do as a publisher is you should constantly be testing, right? This offer of $5 for one year, it might not perform as good as a $7 offer for one year. So when you're in the process of trying to collect digital subscribers, don't just try one thing, constantly be iterating, constantly be testing these different items out and track the analytics and the metrics that's associated with it so that you can determine what is working best and utilize various 
holidays or events that are coming up because then it can take keep a unique, fresh look. Um, so that's one of the things that uh, I think obviously Wired.com and any of the properties owned uh, by the parent company probably do a really good job of. So it's a, it's a learning that you can do uh, when you go and navigate to Wired.com if you happen to be a publisher yourself. Um, so that's the first thing that I noticed um, that's different than some of the other sites that uh, we've looked at is that they really put a big emphasis on being able to subscribe and putting that uh, gated subscription paywall. Um, as we're starting to navigate the site, I'm sure we'll run into that and we'll see it um, other places throughout. And so, yeah, how, how do you feel like that also leads and drives a content strategy? Because, um, you know, historically, when you consider Wired, people are probably content uh, to whoever from them, they were considered purely tech, but we can see since then, they're in culture, they're heavily affiliate-focused, product-focused, and I've got a, a tip as well that I want to share with you guys shortly, but how do you feel like that's sort of um, dictating the editorial strategy and, and allowing them to keep true to more of their core audience? I mean, I think that they have to segment um, to their audience and see if that they've reached kind of a threshold and bandwidth. And I'd imagine that ultimately because of the fact that there's a network of different sites, they wanted to be able to see if they could expand and grow the audience size, right? So that's what they, I would imagine that acquisition looked like when they were brought underneath of that parent company. You have to think about where are your resources? Where are your strengths already? So Condé Nast is already going to be really great when it comes down to anything travel related, right? So how else can you continue to expand? An acquisition, you want to utilize the assets that you already own in order to be able to actually maximize those. Um, so another thing I would imagine, I mean, since there is merch right at the top, um, that Wired probably really focuses in on affiliate revenue um, that is going to be taking place. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, if you're looking for a Black Friday list 30 days before Black Friday is coming up, um, they've got a very amazing, significant list that they're going to be sharing with you. And they're going to really take advantage uh, of everything along those lines as well. Uh, this looks like it's just straightforward wired merch. So I'm sure when we're navigating around to other parts of the site, we might see some more of those other things. But uh, that also shows a loyal audience, right? That somebody would want to buy merch that shows wired. And that's another thing that not all publishers do, right? If you don't build a big enough brand and a following, you know, that actual uh, kind of culture around your brand, you're missing out on an opportunity to be able to sell merchandise, which can have high profit margins uh, and just be free advertising when people are walking around with your brand on it. And I think Jeremy on that, like we see how heavily focused they are on product as their key revenue strategy. But what I think indirectly, what they've done in terms of the subscription component, where they are providing value added components for just $5 per year, or even $29 per year is, you know, relatively cheap cheap like it's not it's not like a b2b publication right. where you probably be paying five figures six figures is that they're actually getting it's like a psychological price validation i'm i'm willing to pay they'll be they'll be like i'm willing to pay five dollars for this so it's already getting them into the mindset of hey they're giving me all this value for this price i might be in the future willing to click on a product on or buy the merch product or click on an affiliate link that might help them get more revenue because of the diversity of, of the content that they have in terms of culture and tech. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and once you're subscribed, how much more loyal are you, right? Any type of news, what's your one source going to be? Your one source is going to be where you're already subscribed and contributing and paying, 
right? Um, so I think that's going to be extremely beneficial uh, in order to be able to uh, continue to bring back, you know, your loyal visitors over and over and over and over again uh, to consume your content. Uh, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, right? Um, when you're looking at supporting a publisher, if you really appreciate their content and their quality and their authors who are producing that, of course, you want to be able to contribute to the success of that business so that they continue to go uh, in existence. There's been lots of publishers that have unfortunately, you know, become extinct, become dinosaurs, regardless if that is a print publication or, you know, smaller publications who just have a hard time being able to stay afloat. Obviously, Wired is a little bit larger than that. Uh, but it's still, it holds true, right? Everybody needs revenue in order to be able to sustain and produce quality content that's original. So yeah, let, let's let's go through quickly. I'll, I want to share with you a little bit of the journey that I see from my end in terms of reverse engineering. How do they, like there are publishers that well, as soon as there's a, a, a new way to monetize content or they want to decide to create a, a revenue stream, they'll go all in and then they'll literally go all in and bust. How did Wired do that? Let's take a bit of a look, but before, yeah. So let's first look and look at the current size of their traffic and audience. So, uh, as as per the previous podcast episode as well that we we recorded, we said that it was roughly around twenty four million users per month. I'd say that they're probably in the top three uh, because their direct competitors are not any smaller than them. But if you go a little bit, and, and you know, we've got. Uh, fairly significant most of it is um us but it's a pretty international audience long tail but we also see the fact that many of the other competitors like a pc mac they're, they're pretty much on par with many of the larger publishers as well besides cnet which but cnet in in um comparison and total is still going downward trend but when when i look at then the overall history from an organic search perspective we're seeing them Go, you know, going towards the upward trajectory in ebbs and flows and ups and downs. So it's never going to be a bell curve and stuff. And um, I can show you one quick example as well, Jeremy, which I think was pretty interesting. Like they've gone so much into the stages of being able to arbitrage their content and add layers of content monetization. But now they've actually driving quite a bit of traffic from from coupons. And you yeah. might say like, you might be saying like, what does what, what does coupons got to do with uh, Wired magazine, where they they're pretty much just more culture and and, and so forth? Um, well, everybody loves coupons, Vahe. Well, that's what I would say. Uh, I mean, I mean in form. this <laughs> in, in this time of inflation, it definitely makes sense. But if it, I would not I would have not expected Wired to do this. Uh, maybe more of a journalist news website. But um, have a look at this. So coupons. You know, they got top shops, top coupons, top categories. Now, what many of the publishers do once they've been able to uh, create those additional triages without compromising their core topical authority business is they then they go through and try to create scalable strategies that then focus on capturing first party data that they can then use to um, sell um, as part of their uh, first party data product offering to potential advertisers. So one of the ways that this has been done in the past, let's say three to five years, because I've seen this happen a lot is through coupons. So literally all they've done is programmatically created this page. I would say like maybe even the majority of these old coupons aren't valid coupons anymore. 
um, then the rollout this page, they have some programmatic content, SEO content in, on the side where they're answering questions on FAQs, internal linking and so forth. And then as soon as someone clicks on an offer, they'll be directed to that third party, third party website. So they're, they're going to be taken. Yeah, they might either receive that coupon or I think we, we yeah, they've, they're not, they've also been taken to the partner website and they're driving with, so it's really performance marketing driven. And you but, can see in the ID string, right, that it's an affiliate link. So they are going to be earning revenue if that user is going to be making a purchase, right? So it's another lead or another revenue generation source directly for them. Yeah. Now, now what the nuance with this is, is right, like, and I've seen this time and time again with many publishers, they'll, they'll be very quick to be like, I want to expand it to doing multiple, multiple categories. And so what, what, what will happen is they'll expand to multiple categories, but then they'll see the performance of their core content drop. Um, that's causes confusion with the topical authority and basically with Google and, and maybe not even having enough content on this section. So what many of the bigger publishers do is they actually create separate WordPress installations on the same domain. So for example, the, we know that Wide's on WordPress VIP, they'll create on four slash coupon, um, four slash coupon, four slash WP admin. And then you see how, how it just has only the categories relating to coupon, they've literally have its own section on the website. And it's not even, even linking from the main website itself. So that they keep the topical authority separate, but they're also leveraging the domain, the history of the domain. Because if they start this again and start from scratch, it's going to take so much time for them to actually compete um, to, to rank for many of those terms. So I think- and so, so one of the things, Vahe, just so uh, the audience grasps that fully is yeah. that as Vahe was talking about, it technically, it could be set up as a multi-site infrastructure. So everything that is forward slash coupons is technically its own individual WordPress instance, its own individual homepage that's separate and distinctly different than wired.com. So it has its own navigation menu. Everything's focused on coupons. So if you're on the primary website, you're not actually seeing coupons anywhere from the navigation menu. So they're really focused on driving traffic directly to the coupons and then keeping people who are focused on saving money and coupons. And then what they do, because they break it up into two different silos, they can actually give themselves a moat or a layer of protection mechanism from the search engines who are uh, crawling their site and not seeing that they've produced a whole bunch of things that aren't necessarily relevant to their core brand, right? Exactly, because that's, again, and that, that also indirectly ties to, you know, having one uh, WordPress installation and to cover every single different, like a massive site like Wired, there's going to be performance issues. There's going to be clashes between different functionalities. There's going to be uh, crawl budget constraints uh, from Google because they're trying to, like, imagine like you're trying to read a book or you're trying to eat a big piece of pie. Like you can't try to eat it all at once. So they're just trying to cut it up and then just separate it so that everyone, every single one lives on its own, but it effectively creates a moat around the Wired brand. So um, for our podcast, this is what I'm actually showing you on the screen here as well is like from the coupon programmatic rollout strategy itself, um, they're getting about 15% of their traffic. So one point they're getting about 9 million, I think, or 8 million at the moment from just organic search. They're getting 1.3 million from just this strategy alone. And it's wow. not, not, not a lot of competition, very templatized, 
but it sort of helps them with um taking it to the next level in terms of and you can see here since um august they've just the number of pages went from 347 they've just the number of pages that they rolled out wow and, so and over how many months uh i'd say since the past year okay wow that's incredible uh and you can see by the url structure um they're going after relevant search terms that people are searching often doordash walmart uh uber eats chipotle timu right all of these massive brands right that all have an ability to earn affiliate revenue to join their affiliate programs and what people are searching for so lots of search volume directly for these they're utilizing their authority and they're just adding on a whole new segment that's continuing to work for them. If it wasn't working, you wouldn't see a massive increase in the number of the pages that they're actually being creating. So yeah, 1.3 million uh, hits directly to the coupon section of the website. For everyone else who's not thinking wired.com, that's my first place to go grab coupons. It shows you it's an effective strategy that's working to generate some ka-ching and some additional bank in wired.com's bank account. Now, to those critical in in a critical mind people slash i know SEOs that would say hey this might constitute as a parasite SEO strategy or like sorry parasite SEOs is when someone else actually published content on 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 the publishing site that they benefit from but like more of a, a strategy that's um leaning towards um just doing random stuff on the website or more black hat maybe it's not the it's not, black, actually, yeah. not necessarily say, black hat but not necessarily the most commonly common path that you would think of so it's a yeah. kind of an outlier path yeah so look you might say like i mean uh, this is eventually going to die out because as soon as some, one person does this and the other person does, well yes other people have actually done this we've seen many like deal coupon websites that are done this by themselves um but what again the point that i want to make is what helps them stand the test of time is that they just keep it to the to the point and they are doing this in proportion to other page, other other strategies that is helping them work on this and not overdoing one thing that might um, risk their business entirely. So look, they've only got 1,000 pages on that section, but in total, the whole site is indexed at the moment based on Ahrefs, it's 179,000. So percentage-wise, in terms of number of pages, it's relatively small. But yeah, they're getting, they're getting a big chunk of the traffic. So it shows that 8020 works, but in terms of what they're doing as, as an overall business, they are thinking more broadly. They're doing things more broadly. Yeah, and sometimes you have to think outside of the box, right? Yeah, if you're going to be able to make it and continuously grow. So um, hats off uh, to whoever the person is who decided to move forward with this initiative. It's one that uh, obviously seems to be paying off well. Um, but let's, let's look at uh, just the overarching structure of the site. Uh, one of the things that we've looked at in a few different instances is just the search. Uh, if you don't mind, let's uh, just do a search uh, and see how their search results page is, because if you have lots of pieces of content, let's see how well your search function is. It directly takes them to the search results page, which is interesting, yeah. And then we can, talk in, we can try racial, racial justice. Well, he's going right into the deep topics, folks. 
folks. Uh, well, they they prompted me to they prompted me to do it, so let's just do it. <laughs> it seems like it's a default search function, from what I can see, right, Jeremy? Or what what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't see anything too intensive about the search. It's uh, pretty straightforward, right? Um, they're making it very clean. You've got an image. You've got uh, the category. You've got the title, uh, who was published by, and the published date. Um, so, yeah, nice and clean search. It's easy to be able to understand. Uh, I don't see a lot of filter functionality, um, so that I don't see it being very advanced um, for people to be able to find what they want as quickly as possible, but it's just going to show relevant uh, information. Now, when we scroll into one of their individual article pages, so as we scroll down, oops, oh, that's interesting how it has the about section kind of uh, within the body contents of the text itself. So it's actually going to show uh, a little bit about, you know, Luke uh, Elliott Summer, who I'd imagine, is that the author here? Or is this somebody in, talking about yeah, he, the article? No, he, he's the person who's created the opinion piece for this subject. Okay. So he's created the opinion piece, yeah. So that's an interesting kind of layout feature functionality, 17% uh, ad density. So they're underneath of that 30% ad density uh, item that uh, people should be striving for. Yeah, definitely. What happens when we scroll to the very bottom? Okay, you might also like another section where they're talking about who the author is, or they're probably building upon that authority. And now when we get to the very bottom, don't close that quite yet. Uh, the way that they offer their subscribe offer, right? Hey, you've got to the bottom. This is your last free article. And so what can you learn? You can learn all about AI, science, right? And so that's a nice, clear subscribe now. Um, could you possibly see if uh, their item will be responsive just to see what that looks like as far as the offering on mobile? It's, yeah, it's overlaying the page from what it seems. It's like. very large, right? So nobody's going to miss it. That's one of the things. Uh, nobody's going to miss the offer itself. Uh, and then just the way that they have their uh, mobile navigation menu. Let's see uh, what that looks like. We open up that hamburger menu. Yeah. So nice and big, really focused. You're not going to miss it. Uh, the different information you want. So the primary categories and then all of the extras uh, down below. So yeah, nice and clean, uh, following their black and white color scheme. Um, so yeah, looks good all the way around. So yeah, thanks for uh, reviewing that. Um, I would love, maybe you could try to click on one more article um, in the desktop viewport and let's just see what it looks like because some of the times, People make it so you can see just a little bit of text, and it's a nice, clean way to be able to put up that uh, gate, gated information. And some of the times, it's not done uh, as well. So you always want to leave a little bit to the imagination. So if you don't mind, let's click on just any any other article since we've hit, I guess, what our one article limit. That's a pretty tight paywall. You've got one article before you uh, have to start paying. So uh, that's interesting. They're squeezing the they've got that much traffic that they're squeezing the reader funnel. Yeah. To develop that. So it seems like yeah. They realize the power of the eighty twenty and how that's gonna get them the eventual affiliate, I think, revenue. So I I purposely clicked on the top tools because they yeah, sorry, the top keys and stuff, because we looked at this in um one of our previous episodes. I'm curious to see what difference they have or some similar lessons. So it seems like 
it looks like they might not be gating the content that's really focused on, you know, merchandise, right? Correct. Or it's taken a while, uh, but they know that they're generating other revenue from you consuming as much content as you want, clicking on these affiliate links. So that's an also interested silo gated strategy. Here's information that's going to be, you know, more heavy focused on content that you would want to consume. This piece of information is gated. Here's relevant information that you'd want to consume, but more information about products, product reviews with affiliate links. Everybody and their mothers come in and read this because we're going to be generating more revenue from you clicking on the affiliate ads throughout and then purchasing perhaps one of the products. So that's yeah, a good, that, it's a good leading strategy because you can see here that they've already have the pop up uh, for newsletter subscribers. So they know that once they get you in terms of your email, and they'll find other ways to contextualize your user ID and data. And that's what's going to be most valuable to um, the potential partners and advertisers. And I think coupons like the next level step that people can take. Like obviously there's going to be a lot of changes with depreciation of Chrome and many of the protocols that they're coming in with the privacy sandbox. But typically I think that's where, that's how a lot of publishers have gone around it in the past five years or so. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things I think that, uh... Wired takes a little bit more, I guess, proactive or aggressive approach on. It's just any of those pop-ups, right? Making certain it's in your face to be able to subscribe, have your email be entered, be able to subscribe to become a paying member to be able to view the uh, article information. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that they do a good job there. And if you have the, the traffic and you're looking to be able to enter in now some sort of gated content information, probably a lot to be learned here from wired.com. I think in comparison to the PC magazine, which we explored in the previous episode, there are some similarities in terms of the way that they're writing in first, first and first hand perspective. Um, I'm not seeing as much in terms of as much of the um, disclaimers and a lot of the trust signals because I think the fact that they are a um, a brand or a portfolio helps them get away with a lot of that those things, but they definitely are showing the experience and um, authoritative experience um, through the the way that they're presenting the content. So, irrespective, you can see here that um, whatever size publisher you are, now is it's it's a good time to become a, a content creator because you will be rewarded for being able to really provide your own first-hand perspective on anything that you create product-wise. So, yeah, I think, I, I think that, yeah. I, I also agree. I mean, if you scroll at the very top, uh, just their little note that they talk about, um, how they will earn a little bit of a commission, I thought it was nice, clean language that they used. So they say, if you buy something using links in our stories, we may earn a commission. This helps support our journalism. Learn more. Please also consider subscribing to Wired. So it's short, it's simple, it's concise. It gets the point across. And who doesn't want to support their journalism if they like their writing style? So uh, it's obviously a critical thing that you want to do uh, to cover your bases. Uh, if you are going to earn affiliate commission, you need some form of notification to inform your website visitors uh, that that could be a possibility. And this is a nice, clean example as far as some of the language that's short, sweet, and concise. Exactly. Exactly. Um... What's they've got also this? Okay, save. Yeah, they're definitely focusing on get uh, every in, every incremental step of the way they're trying to capture one interaction that's going to help them 
influence every final so I could see that there's everything's very intentful here as opposed to some sites that might just um have uh just general conversation general um content for publishing commenting is also a key part of UGC um and being able to constantly stay relevant as well which is um pretty helpful Awesome. Uh, what you're reviewing right now is the best video doorbells, which obviously technology changes fast. Um, are we seeing anywhere where they're showing original published date and future published date? Because one thing we talked about in a previous episode is the permalink and URL structure. So the permalink structure, you can see they don't have the date and the year of when it was published. So it's nice, short, wired.com forward slash gallery forward slash best dash video dash doorbells. Right, and that URL structure is not going to change when they're updating the content to feature the latest and the greatest video doorbells. Um, so they're following short, concise, SEO-friendly, and also user-friendly permalink structures, which is great to see. Yeah, exactly. It seems like they're just um, I would have just updating the date. I think so, but let me just quickly look at the source code because um. They might have a modified date in the source code, but um, mm, they're not just showing it in the front end. Okay. Modified. In the metadata to begin, yeah. Article has date modified. They published so they published on the fourteenth, and then they've updated that on the thirtieth. So in their case, they in twenty twenty two though. It was originally yes. published in 2022. There you so, go. yeah. There you go. You picked it up as well. <laughs> Didn't see that. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like the small. It's so, yeah, I mean, there's there's always this common question, right? Like, do I have to show this um, updated versus current time date? And I would say to publishers, the rule of thumb that you need to look at is um, really assessing the, the nature of the content. So, many tools like many. Um, Post like best tools don't necessarily need to have updated date because you know the goal with the best uh, doorbell cameras is to always have the most relevant content and so and if you're also making which mean which if you always making significant changes you don't need to always have updated date because and then will then fall back on the default date um, from from Google's perspective which then sort of goes down so. The only time that I would um, suggest probably even considering more of that review and updated that is very timely news-driven content so that, it, that um, Google News and other news sources understand that you are the original source for that content. Um, it could be some of the how-to information that's going to be not as um, time-sensitive as well. Um, but I would argue that point as well from the other side. From the search engine side, I agree wholeheartedly. From the user side, if I'm looking for the best ring doorbells, I might look at this date. Because I don't want to look at the best ring doorbells if it doesn't show an updated date and I'm looking at content that's from 2022. Because I'm like, what about all the ring doorbells that came out in 2023 and 2024, right? So from a user and a consumer, I also would be looking for relevancy as far as a, a more recent published date that's showing. I don't need to see when it was originally published. Yeah. And that's what they're doing here, right? They're just showing that single date of when it was the most uh, recently updated, but I don't need to know when this article was originally published. I think that's another nice and concise way of saying that so as well, for sure.
All right. Well, this is uh, this has been good. There's a lot, but last thing before we uh, conclude, let's try to find a normal article. I want to see what that paywall of how they actually lay this out because we hit our one article. Let's go to a just normal featured article. Yeah, something on business. Business is going to be good or cultural. I feel this could have affiliate links on it. Sign up for Max. <laughs> let's let's find out if we can read it. I want. There you go. I'm not surprised. There you go. Uh, yeah, so they're going to let us read this. Let's find a, let's find a different one that uh, is not going to have any affiliate links because I almost guarantee they're going to have some sort of subscription notification to say sign up. What about politics? Politics is probably not going to have anything or business. Let's see if they're talking about. Hulu is probably going to have something. Yeah. Yes. OpenAI and other tech giants will warn the U.S. government when they start new AI projects. It's not going to have affiliate links. So how much can we read here? <laughs> Did they really? Maybe they're just opening it up. Maybe I'm completely wrong. No, I, I reckon it, it might be a side load thing. So it might be that that's not taking too long to load. Or folks, it might just be Murphy's Law. If something can go wrong, it always will go wrong. When you're trying to show something and demonstrate, eh, it doesn't go as easy and quick as you think. So that could just be it as well. Um, let's try one one last one. Let's go into politics and let's just uh, find out one more article. Also, one thing that I noticed uh, directly on the homepage, um, for me, I felt it's a, a little bit cumbersome, right? There's a lot going on all over the place. Um, a little bit different design aesthetic than is my preference. Um, but, you know, each to their own. Uh, everyone has their own uh, different items. So Congress clashes over the future of America's global spy program. Uh-oh. Getting Ooh. hot and heavy in here. Oh, okay. So they've got uh, an installed podcast right there. And that's nice and clean. All right, folks. Well, that's it. We're, we're not going to find their subscribe paywall. It's uh, it's letting us view anything and everything we want. And they're not pushing as uh, hard as I anticipated for that uh, subscription uh, for people to be able to sign up. Sometimes that happens, but I think that's okay. It's, a, it's another opportunity to consider if there's a... Um prioritization on yeah there you go it, i think like I, I knew i knew that that was going to happen so um it's taking until the whole site to load for this thing to come up which is the common challenge with um prioritizing the order of loading the page so how would you go around that jeremy so that people don't i would just say page? if you're a consumer be a really fast reader read 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 because then you're going to get around it. You can read as much content as you want. Uh, no, I think uh, when you're in the process, right, uh, obviously hire a smart development organization or have smart developers on staff, right? You can choose which feature sets should be loaded first and given priority when you're in the process of coding your site. Um, so you've got to determine what is the most important to you as far as those assets. And it's something that, you know, there, there's a lot that you can unpack there. There's a lot of different ways to tackle it, um, but that's just something that each and every single uh, website owner needs to be thinking about or uh, somebody who's in the charge of managing a web property. So yeah, great point, and uh, you nailed it spot on. It was taking a long time 
for that to uh, load. And it looked like I mean, it was I mean, the very last thing that was rendered. I mean, if they're wanting to get immediate subscribers, then they should defer the load of ads on this. They're probably using a story-wide template, right? Or they could just create a new template that doesn't show the ads after a certain number of visits and or just defer the loading of that so to show this first because what I, I I'm not sure if you remember, but when they when we loaded deck, they they, ha, they started showing this and they started showing the side ads and then once this popped up, then the side ads were removed and then they started hiding the content. So like, why don't you prioritize those things first when the page loads and then focus on the ads after because people aren't if people are going to be really dedicated and committed to buying, they'll just you're losing their attention. So every single second that the page loads. I, I forgot to start again, but X percent increases the likelihood of people to jump off if it takes a long time for them to load. So I think I think it's just really how the approach the user experience. Yeah, to, to fast really loading websites, meeting core web vitals is good not only for Google, Yahoo, and Bing, right? Your search engines and getting higher organic rankings, but you're also taking care of your users, right? The faster your website is, the better the experience is, and especially if somebody, let's say, is out in the remote outback of australia you don't have a good cell reception but you need your wired content you still need it to load fast so pay attention and treat your users right and make sure you take a satellite when you're in the outback of australia <laughs> by the way because it doesn't yeah. we don't have internet all the time here but um uh yeah i think i think this is a pretty interesting conversation um key, key takeaways i want to just help wrap up and bring everything to focus because there's going to be probably small publishers that are going to say, oh, well, there's a lot of different models and stuff that they're focusing on. First advice is when you're considering your evolution of your website, think about how you're going to partition it so that it doesn't overlap with what your core business is that's helped you got this so far. So i.e., you want to consider doing coupons as part of a way to develop your first party strategy. All good. Keep that in smaller proportion to your main efforts and consider a separate partition install, like a multi-site installation. Experts like Multidots can help you with that if you get to that point, which many sites um, of our um, publishers and audience do. Um, indirect shout out to Multidots. Um, second step is, you know, continue on the path of your first um, like EAT content. So they're still focusing a lot on, even on the product heavy content side, the first-hand experience. And just EAT for anybody who doesn't know, uh, expertise authority and trust right so you can just type in eat what is that organic rankings you'll learn a little bit more about eat google and how that can affect your rankings absolutely and then keep keep doing that and then then you take the next step of starting to really hone in on your reader funnel so you saw how easily sorry you saw how a certain section of the website they focus on the email subscriber first in some sections that we know that they already are paid subscribers that They'll just push towards um, setting a discounted offer to retain or attract new subscribers. So really be intentional on your different call to actions that can help you to optimize your reader, reader user reader experience. Did I miss out on anything else, Jeremy, besides site search and site speed stuff as well? Or... No, I think you covered it. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to take in and there's a lot to absorb. Anytime that you're looking at uh, an organization that gets, you know, upwards of 10 million hits to their site each and every single month, right? Obviously, they've been doing it a while. They know what they're doing and there's a lot to be learned from it. So there's a lot of layers to that onion. So it's been great uh, to take a look at Wired.com with you, Vahe. Likewise. And until next time. Bye, everybody. 
Special thanks to our sponsors and co-hosts Multidots for contributing to the seven-part WordPress teardown series. Be sure to subscribe to future episodes at stateofdigitalpublishing.com and join us for a deep dive into our upcoming WordPress Publisher Success Week starting on February 26 by visiting stateofdigitalpublishing.com/wp-week. Until next time.